You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics, in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Well, hello. I'm back with another solo show, and I'm really excited to dive into today's topic because it's one that tends to be on my mind a lot of the time. So in this episode, I'm going to share a little bit more about my personal journey to lead a cleaner lifestyle and why I even decided to start looking into the products I was using every single day. And I also want this episode to be a tool for you to use in your own lives so that after listening, you feel less alone and less overwhelmed with where to go from here. So I'll also share some tips and some tools that you can use when contemplating living a cleaner lifestyle of your own. And then I will have a section at the end of the episode where I want to hear from you. So stay tuned for that. But let's start with definitions. So you might hear a couple of terms tossed around in this episode and also just in general. I've heard things like low-tox living or non-toxic living or clean living, safer living. Um, Those tend to be the most popular phrases that I've heard that describe um, a lifestyle that's really focused on wanting to reduce one's exposures to as many toxic chemicals as possible. So Regardless of what you call it, I think it's important to start with why. You know, why does it even matter? Why should you even be thinking about reducing your exposure to toxic chemicals? And how can you even set about doing that? And so that's the reason why I'm putting together this episode. You know, in the modern economics side of things, you know, the care and keeping of our homes Is essential. You know, it's something that we're constantly involved in with cleaning and maintaining and, you know, just creating an inviting space for ourselves, our families, and the people that we invite to be with us there. And and when I was starting to become more interested in living a cleaner lifestyle, I just wasn't hearing enough about what's really going on when it comes to the products that we're using every single day and the way in which we can set ourselves up for a life that's filled with health and wellness as opposed to sickness and illness. And my goal is to provide a resource and um, spark conversation so that we can better understand where we're at and how to make improvements should you want to. And so in starting with my story, I think it kind of begins when I was in high school. And back then I was totally someone who, well, I wasn't wearing much makeup. I definitely thought a lot about my appearance um, and how I smelled, you know, getting ready for the day before school was really important. It was definitely a ritual in doing my hair and spraying on my perfumes and, you know, just trying to present myself in the best way that I could um, so that I could feel confident about myself and the work that I was going to be doing at school. 
But at the same time, I also was secretly struggling with psoriasis. So psoriasis is a skin condition that speeds up the life cycle of a skin cell. So it causes these skin cells to rapidly build up on the surface of your skin and it results in these patches that are often red, itchy, and sometimes painful. And they can be in many places on the body. But for me, I had it really badly in my scalp. And so basically it just looked like I had really, really bad dandruff all the time. And it didn't matter how much I washed my hair or how many um, like creams and moisturizers I used in my hair, it just wouldn't go away. And I never really connected that chronic issue that I was experiencing as a high schooler with all of the things that I was exposing my body to until much later. Because as I grew up and, you know, moved out and started making a home of my own, I noticed that my psoriasis began to clear up. And at this point in my life, it has completely disappeared. And the main thing that has changed is my attention to detail. (laughs) Let's just say my standards for the products that I bring into my household have drastically increased. And that level of scrutiny, that level of inquisitiveness, of curiosity was activated once I got pregnant. And I shared about this a little bit in my very first episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, but I'm going to elaborate a bit more in this episode since we're focused specifically on this topic. But when I was pregnant, I had been seeing my midwife and, you know, in the beginning stages of pregnancy, they want to know more about your family history and your personal history. So they're asking a lot of questions and just trying to figure out who you are and how you live your life so that they can take care of you and provide the best recommendations for each patient. And so, you know, I got to the section where my midwife was asking, so are you eating any raw dairy? Are you eating any um, raw fish? And then she goes, and are you using products that contain retinol? And I had expected the first two questions. I feel like those those are pretty often characterized in movies and TV shows, you know, like pregnant women are supposed to stay away from sushi and things like that. So, you know, I wasn't really thrown off guard by those. But that third question, are you using any products with retinol? I wasn't really sure where that was coming from. It felt like it was a question out of left field. And so I asked her, why? What? Why are you asking me that? No, I'm not currently using any products with retinol, but why does that matter? And she told me that while pregnant and nursing, women are recommended to steer clear from products with retinol because retinol has been linked to birth defects. And the products that we put on our skin every single day, our skin is our largest organ, those ingredients can be absorbed into the bloodstream. And when pregnant, that means it can also be absorbed into the baby's bloodstream. But she goes, you know, you could pick up using those products again once you've delivered the baby and once you are done nursing. 
And that just felt so odd to me. I mean, I could not understand in that moment and even to this day why if a product contained ingredients that were linked to a harmful disease or disorder, or in this case, birth defect, why would I want to keep using that even after I had delivered and nursed my baby? And so that was a moment, a light bulb moment, if you will, where I started asking questions. And I realized too that leading up into my pregnancy, I had been way more conscientious of the things that I was exposing myself to, like in preparation for pregnancy and and just wanting to, you know, cultivate a sense of well-being within myself. So I had stopped using all of those perfumes and I was seeking out um, products that I thought were going to be better for my health. And up until that point, up until I got pregnant, I didn't really know what I was doing. I I just had a hunch that um, not being able to understand the ingredients on the back of my product labels probably wasn't a good thing. So I just started experimenting and I was kind of left to my own devices and that was kicked into overdrive after I had that conversation with my midwife. And from there, I started doing research. I started looking into the products that I owned already and, you know, searching for the ingredients that were included there. And I was really shocked because I learned that there are so many potentially harmful ingredients lurking in the products that we're using every single day in our homes. And that catalyzed an intentional desire to want to do better within my household and to want to share what I have learned along the way because I remember feeling really alone and lost, you know, in trying to navigate this new landscape. And so and so I have a couple of tips that I want to share with you because what I've found is that small changes can actually have a big impact. And we don't need to go out and overhaul every single thing that we have in our homes today. We can start small and start by making intentional, mindful decisions about how we're living our lives. And I've been presently surprised as to the impact that it's already had on me and my family, most notably in completely resolving my issue with psoriasis of the scalp. So tip number one, take your shoes off at the door, completely free. You don't need to go out and spend any extra money on this one. It's something that you can easily implement just by having a shoe rack or something at the front of your house or wherever it is that you enter uh, most frequently. Take your shoes off right away and set them down there as opposed to walking in them all around the house all the time. So this has to do with the fact that You know, we're walking who knows where throughout the day. We might be in an office building. We might be walking through grass. We might be walking through stores. And and in all of these locations, our shoes are coming into contact with either cleaning supplies, perhaps pesticides if you're walking through grass. And so if we're not careful, we can easily track these things into our own homes, thereby creating a, 
a toxic trail of chemicals that we've picked up on our shoes throughout the day. This was especially helpful actually when Milo was younger and was putting everything he found on the ground into his mouth. So if you have toddlers at home or young children, this is kind of a two for one. You're going to help to reduce your exposure to these toxic chemicals and you're also going to reduce the amount of debris that you're tracking into your house, um, making it easier to keep things clean and keep little bits and pieces of foreign objects out of your toddler's mouth, which, which was a huge help when Milo was more curious about putting things into his mouth. Tip two, switch to safer personal care products. So to define what that means, personal care products are the things that we use to take care of our bodies on a regular basis. So think things like toothpaste, shampoo and conditioner, makeup, uh, lotion, shaving products, baby oils, things like that, you know, things that are going on to our bodies, things that we are using to care for our bodies almost every day in some cases. What are you doing, Milo? It's time to take a nap. Hold on. Come on. Okay, so I'm recording during Milo's nap time and I totally just had to pause and come back because he walked in to my little recording area and he was supposed to be sleeping. So now that he's back down for his nap, let's pick up where we left off. Tip two, tip two. When I started researching all of this while pregnant with Milo, I was really shocked to find that the FDA currently does not require personal care products to be tested for safety before they're sold. So that means they are putting the onus of responsibility on us as consumers to go out there and be able to know how to make the best and safest decisions for our family when it comes to the products that we're bringing into our homes. And not everyone knows that. I know I didn't know that before I started looking into it. And, you know, on average, a woman uses about 12 personal care products every single day. Men use about six and teen girls probably use about 20 plus. So that was me back in high school, just kind of dousing myself in whatever I could get my hands on because I wanted to look good, smell good, and just feel good about my body, but I, at that time, had no idea that I should be looking at the labels of all the products that I was buying because the truth is there are a lot of toxic and potentially harmful ingredients found in the conventional personal care products that we see in stores. And that's something that just doesn't sit well with me. And I'm talking about ingredients that have been linked to things like cancer and hormone imbalance and infertility. And I know at first thought it might not seem like these, like the ingredients found in our personal care products are even that important, but think about it. We're using, like I said, an average of 12 of these products every single day 
for years and years and years. And while it might not seem like much, those micro exposures, as they call them, can start to add up. I mean, decades of using products that have ingredients that have been linked to these harmful diseases and disorders probably are not going to be best for our long-term health and wellness. And for women, I think this information is especially important because our bodies are so sensitive to shifts in hormones, you know, things can easily get thrown off kilter and lead to more serious consequences, whether it be mentally or physically or emotionally. And I put together a resource I think you'll find helpful in the form of an ebook called Five Ingredients to Avoid to Help Keep Your Hormones in Check. So make sure you check out the link in my show notes to go ahead and download that and see what my tips are over there. And finally, tip number three, cut down on plastic use. I don't know about you, but I've been in grocery stores where I've seen plastic used in seemingly unnecessary ways. I'm looking at you, plastic wrap cucumber. Though it does make me laugh. I'm also aware that plastics can leach various harmful chemicals into our foods. So some of the things that I keep in mind to help me cut back on my plastic use is when I remember, which key phrase here because I'm liable to forget, not going to lie, I like to bring in my own cloth tote bags to use for my shopping. You know, I, and if I can, like, let's say I'm only grabbing a couple things at the store, I will just refuse all bags altogether. You know, I'll just grab the items and put them in my purse and take them back home because why grab a plastic bag if I don't really need one? Um, And if I do have a cart full of things using a cloth bag to put everything in versus a plastic one. And not only is that cutting down on the amount of plastics we have circulating in the landfills once we throw it away, it's also eliminating that exposure of having the plastics in direct contact with our food. When it comes to food storage, I've also made the switch from plastic containers into glass containers. They're more durable, which is nice, and they're super easy to clean. And again, it's just reducing the amount of contact that our food that we eat has with plastics that are leaching these harmful chemicals. If you take away only one thing from this episode, I want it to be that the transition into living a more mindful, less toxic lifestyle doesn't have to be hard. You can take things one step at a time and try not to beat yourself up along the way. I know it can be easy to fall into a mindset of like, why, why have I been doing this? I've been, you know, exposing my family to X, Y, and Z and I just feel so terrible about it. And I can understand that sentiment. I can understand feeling disappointed and not knowing sooner 
But there's also something to be said for progress over perfection. You know, my goal here is not to leave a perfectly non-toxic, eco-friendly green life. Although, yes, that would be the ideal. But I have to recognize that I'm human. I'm fallible. I am prone to make mistakes. And that's okay. The good thing is that I am being intentional and mindful in how I live my life. And that is a huge deal in and of itself. So now I want to hear from you. Have you started living a cleaner lifestyle with less toxic ingredients yet? I'd love to hear what your experience has been like if you have. And if you haven't, I'd love to hear from you about what's holding you back. I think that more conversation needs to be taking place around the subject of cleaner lifestyles, low-tox living, non-toxic living, because in the end, the goal is to reduce our exposures to toxic chemicals. And that makes for a healthier lifestyle all around for not just you, but for your family. Definitely jump onto Instagram or Facebook and leave me a comment on the post for this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback about what your journey has looked like. I've learned quite a few things recently about switching to safer personal care products and how to do that on a budget um, and in a way that works best for you and your family. So feel free to send me an email at hello at younghonestmother.com if you'd like some recommendations or just someone to chat with in solidarity of navigating a cleaner lifestyle. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother, and then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.